to the very first episode of Vanished in the Valley. I am Athena, your host, and I'm here with my awesome sidekick, Ken. Hey, how you doing, everybody? So, what we're going to do on this podcast is we're going to talk about different people that have vanished here in the fucking beautiful state of California. We have a huge problem, not only in California, but nationwide. Um, I went on the Department of Justice website. They have this whole section that's dedicated just to missing people. And check out these numbers. Okay, this is just for children, people under 18 years old. Okay. We have three categories that I focused on. The first one is a stranger abduction. And that's where they know for without a doubt that somebody they don't know came up and just snatched this kid off the street. Okay. Our second one is it's a suspicious circumstance. And uh, there is the unknown circumstance. So that sounds kind of weird, right? So let me explain the difference between those two. A suspicious circumstance basically saying there's some kind of evidence pointing to it may have been a stranger abduction. And the unknown circumstance means this person literally just vanished. There's no evidence pointing in any direction. One day they just, like, are gone. Okay, so let me ask you this, then. In this particular case, which one do you, which category do you believe this fall under? So with Carly, um, it's really hard to say. I'm going to kind of go with the unknown circumstance. Uh, I'll follow suit. Okay, cool. Um, and Okay, and this is just the children still. So in 2018, 26 confirmed stranger abductions happened with children. And they're gone still. Now it's 2020, and these 18 kids from, or sorry, 26 kids from 2018 are still just gone. Or still remain missing. Exactly. After two years. Yeah, and check this out. That's just the stranger abduction. Now, the suspicious circumstance jumps all the way up to 269 in 2018. Oh, my goodness. They're still gone. They're missing still. So, when you think that's bad, check out the unknown circumstance. That jumps all the way up to 1,552 kids just gone. Wow. And then, okay, so we're talking about kids, and let's go to the adults. So in 2018, there were 32 adults that confirmed stranger abduction. Um, for this suspicious circumstance, it jumps all the way up to 514. So, yeah, get ready for this one. The unknown circumstance, 2,971. Wow. Right? So I mean, come on, what are these, where are they going? They're going somewhere. <laughs> right? We don't know where. Yeah. Um, but with our first episode here about Carly say, I'm definitely going under the unknown circumstances, and I'll kind of explain the whole situation and let you guys know why I feel that way. And then at the end, I'm going to have Ken kind of explain how he feels. Okay, well, shoot your shot. All dude. right. Let's so, <laughs> okay, it's taking you back to October 13th of 2018. Carly talks to her stepmom, and she wanted to go to a football game with a bunch of her friends. Now, she's from this tiny little town called the Shelfont Valley, um, which is way out there, kind of in no man's land. The largest city that is next to Shelfont Valley is called Bishop. Um, okay. I mean, have you even heard of Bishop? No. Yeah. Me either. And this is a town in California? Right, yes. It's in California. It's in SoCal. It's kind of like high desert. Um, and I don't know if you've ever been to high desert, but that is some harsh, unforgivable terrain. you got to be prepared when you go out there. And, like, 
even in the winter time, it might be nice during the day, but it can drop like 50 degrees at night. And if you're not dressed properly, it'll just take you. Yeah, hypothermia. Absolutely. All for right. sure. So, stepmom says, sure, go ahead, go to this football game. Um, and she stays at home with her biological dad. And biological dad is kind of just kicking back for the night, drinking some beers. So, everything's fine until around 9 o'clock, Melissa gets a phone call. And Carly is out of her mind. She is so afraid. She thinks there are people trying to get her. She's kind of talking about religious stuff like demons are out to get her. She just sounds like next level paranoid. Uh, so Melissa's like, stay where you're at. I'm going to come get you and bring you home. And Carly's like, okay. So she's at some trailer park, and Melissa drives there. But Carly's gone. She's not even there. So uh, Melissa starts driving around trying to find her, and she sees a girl running down the street, and she drives up to her, and it's Carly. And she, you know, talks to her, and she finally convinces her to get in the car. But Carly won't even get in the front seat. She dives in the back seat and hunches down like people are looking for her. Wow. Right? So imagine what Melissa's thinking. She's like, what the hell is going on with this kid? Um, They get her back to the house, and she says she smoked some weed and is having a bad reaction to weed. So... At this point, I can buy it. I remember, like, as a dumb teenager smoking weed and getting super paranoid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so maybe Melissa is, you know, agreeing at this point, thinking that. However, this does seem a little more extreme right? than a casual. Yeah, exactly. Yes, and I don't even, like, once this goes on, I'll tell you why I don't think this is just marijuana. Um, so she's, like, at one point, she's thanking Melissa um, and just so happy she came to get her. And then the next minute, she's accusing Melissa and her dad of trying to get her. So it's like she's coming in and out of this, like, bad trip, I guess is what we'll call it. Um, Melissa's like, here's some food. Maybe that'll sober you up. Um, she gives her a protein bar and a salad. And Carly, like, takes a bite of the salad and immediately spits it out. And she calls it the devil lettuce. Yeah, so at this point, it's a couple hours in, and if it were me, I'd be like, okay, this doesn't seem like weed. She should have come out of this weird state a little bit by yeah, now. really, the mother doesn't think this required any medical attention right? at this point. Okay, so I'm glad you brought that up. Strange. Yeah, even Carly's like, we gotta call 911. And Melissa never does. And actually, this is recorded. So Melissa decides she's going to voice record Carly. So it could be a teaching moment. The next day, she's going to be like, look at what this drug did to you. Uh, you know, I think that's actually, you know, a good idea. Um, I don't fault her for that at all. No, it seems very reasonable yeah, and rational at Exactly. The time. I think it's a good teaching tool, too. Be like, look, kid, you lost your mind. Yeah. If you were around people that weren't good, that had bad intentions, so many bad things could have happened to you. So I get it. Okay, well, 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 what's the situation with the boyfriend who apparently mm. she went and had this experience with? So not a lot of info is out there about the boyfriend, but apparently he told Melissa that they had just smoked some weed and Carly was having a bad reaction because she had not smoked weed for a very long time. And that's all the info that's out there about this boyfriend. Okay, so, I don't know if Melissa wants to strangle him at this point, um, because I think it's bullshit. There's, it's obvious that this is not weed. That's very obvious. Yeah. Something. 
bad. More serious than yeah, this yeah. type of weed trip. So. so I don't know if somebody like dosed something she ate with acid because it's super easy. You know, all you need is a little drip of acid, and you won't taste it. And forty five minutes later, all of a sudden you're losing your mind. And think about it. Think about it if you didn't know that you had taken this. Absolutely. And all this craziness just started happening. Once. Yeah. And if you happen to smoke weed while you're taking acid or mushrooms or basically any kind of psychedelic, it's going to take you down this rabbit hole and you're going to have to claw your way out a lot of the time. Okay, now wasn't it another female with, in this scenario? Well, she was with a group of friends. Okay. But there's not a lot of information out there on who else was in this group of people and it seems to me like she's the only one that's having this reaction. But that's not so far-fetched. When I was a dumb kid and I took acid, which I don't recommend you guys doing it, um, I would be absolutely fine. And I remember my best friend just like for six hours just quietly kind of sitting there staring at her hand. She was having a bad trip the whole time. So it all depends on your mindset. It, you know, it can go any way. That's why it's such a dangerous drug if you're not prepared and you're not in a safe environment. Luckily for Carly at this point... She is in a safe environment. She's with her family that love and care about her. Um, so at this point, uh, stepmom has been recording her. Carly asked her to call 911, and they don't for whatever reason. Maybe she's trying to protect her. Maybe she's afraid the police will get involved. Who knows? The, you know, 911 is never called. What happens is Melissa says, let's go lay down. I want to see, you know, maybe you can just sleep it off. Um, and they put her in bed. And then this is where we get two stories. Okay. So check it out. The first story is Melissa puts Carly to bed, and every couple of hours she's sticking her head in, talking to her, just checking on her. Yeah, exactly. And they're having, you know, normal conversations. At one point, Carly asks to paint her nails. Um, she doesn't ever, it sounds like she's never actually asleep. She's kind of just in her room, doing her own thing, staring off into space, I guess. Being high. <laughs> Being high as fuck is what it sounds like. So that's the first story that, you know, Carly's in bed, stepmom keeps checking on her. Now, later on, the second story comes out, and I buy it, and I totally get why Melissa lied. She's saying the truth of the matter is she was actually in bed with her the whole time, and she would doze off and then wake up, and Carly would just be awake, her eyes open, looking at the wall. And around 5 o'clock in the morning, she woke up, and Carly was there. No crazy, nothing's going on at this point. She's still sitting there. Um, she wakes up again, and it's 7.15, and Carly's gone, vanished, like no trace of her. Um, stepmom looks around the house, nothing, she looks around the yard, does not find her, she ends up waking up the biological dad, they get in the car, and they go out looking for Carly. So, can you imagine, just, she's gone, you wake up, and all of a sudden, one minute she's next to you in bed, and the next minute you can't find this girl, and you know she's off a rocker? I'm having a hard time with that. Yeah. right there, right? From and the time in bed to the time she left. Exactly. So, where is the dad at this point when the two are sleeping together? Dad, I guess, is in his own room. He's been his drinking own. beer all night, okay. doing his own thing. Okay. And I think it's important to point out... Uh, Melissa got a lot of flack for how much social media stuff she was doing regarding Carly. Um, like I said, Dad had been drinking all night, so he's asleep. And when you know Melissa realizes she's gone, which they're saying is seven fifteen, they get in the car and they go looking for her. 
Um, at 10 o'clock, they're like, we need to involve the police because we can't find her. So that's three hours right there. Three-hour history. Yeah, well, the last time she ever saw her was 5.15, so it might oh, actually yeah, be close yeah. to a five-hour head start. Oh, wow. Imagine how far you can get in five yeah, hours. You can cross some distance. Yes, and since everything out there is so vast and just like in the rural. middle of, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like the definition of rural. They're out in the middle of nowhere. The population of this town, it's like less than a thousand people. So, and they basically, I guess the most of the population commute to Bishop for work and for school and that kind of stuff. Um, so when the police get involved, they unleash the hounds. They get the helicopters. They get search and rescue. It's like they they think Go something. Yes, exactly. Okay. They think something's bad from the start. So that's why the sheriff, the Mono County Sheriff, just goes at it. Um, uh, basically, from looking for her, they find there's three different witnesses. So I'm going to break down what these witnesses saw and what they're telling us. Okay. Um, the thing with the witnesses, none of them will speak to the media. They want their privacy. Uh, they they won't talk to anybody. It's just the police. That's it. Do you find that suspect? Or? Well, yeah, because like usually in abduction cases, you hear a little bit from witnesses. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. They're trying to be helpful. And... Right? Um, but maybe it's just that rural mentality. If they want their privacy, they don't want people bothering them. And, you know, I kind of get that. But yeah, to a degree. Yeah, to a degree, exactly. Um, and then you also have to take into account witnesses are about as reliable as a condom that is cuddled with a porcupine. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, 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 everybody knows that. There's people on death row that have been exonerated over witnesses that yeah, totally... Yeah, they saw something. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. I'll explain what they saw, and you guys decide for yourself. So, we'll go with the first one who was... I'm kind of confused on this. He was either a cop or maybe he was an ex-cop. Something oh, okay. like that. Um, he's described as he was sitting in a hot tub that's glassed in. Um, so, like, kind of like in a glass room or whatever. And he says he saw Carly walking down the street, and she seemed kind of distracted holding a piece of paper. Looking at the sky. Um... So, I mean, he says it's obvious something isn't exactly right with her. The next witness, we say, um, is a wooder, as they describe him. And let me tell you, I had to look up what the hell a wooder is. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, what the hell is a wooder? I guess a city folk uh, don't know what the hell that is. So, it basically just someone that goes into the forest and cuts wood. Now, I don't know if that's, like, wood for sale or wood to heat his house. A generic lumberjack? I mean, maybe something like that. I, I don't exactly know. But he's yeah. cutting wood, and he sees Carly walking towards Highway 6, holding this piece of paper still, uh, looking at the sky. Everyone says she's looking at the sky, and they all describe her having a piece of paper. So, um, the next witness is a teacher from, I guess, Bishop, and she says she's also walking towards Highway 6, which I guess is like the main hub in and out of Bishop and Shelvon Valley. The main thoroughway. Yeah, exactly. I looked it up, and yeah, Highway 6 is the main area people travel. So, I'm assuming there's like big rigs, you know, like the normal highway. Um, but... Even with these three witnesses, even with the hounds, even with the helicopter and search and rescue, no trace is ever found. Okay, so you're saying the dogs that were involved never was able to pick up her scent? Yeah, nothing. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. it's like she just vanished. Um, but 
we, we have the witnesses that are putting her on the street. Um, but there's some people that are saying that it's actually Melissa that they saw walking around. Melissa trying to kind of make an alibi where other people have seen her. Um, now, I haven't talked about the biological mom very much, but there's a reason. So, I guess when biological dad contacts her, he says Carly is gone. And mom takes this to mean that she's dead. She just, like, for some reason, automatically goes to Carly's dead. Um, and I find it interesting. I don't want to talk shit, really, but during this whole search, she takes a bath. She doesn't come out and help search. She said she's just, like, so mentally devastated that she can't do anything but take a bath. Does that sound funky, Dan? That seems kind of early to take that position. Right? I mean... They don't know exactly what's going on, so... Yeah, I just found that kind of funky, and... Yeah, that seems a little out of the norm. And not to, like, be, like, you know, a hater, but she had lost custody, and I guess uh, Carly had lived with Melissa and the biological dad since she was five. And Melissa kind of basically raised her. And think about it, Carly's in a crisis, a mental crisis, and she doesn't call mom. She calls stepmom to come rescue her. So that says a lot to me. That says there's trust there, there's yeah, love there, yeah. and she knows that's Absolutely. who you, yeah. You know, I totally, I get that. That's what I would mean, I would call my mom. Uh, yeah, no doubt. In crisis, mom, come save me, please. And so she chose Melissa. Um, so nobody's ever found any trace of her. They, they've tied up two ribbons everywhere, just basically as a memorial. Not necessarily a memorial, but just like, look, we're looking for you, please, come on, something. Um, okay, one question. Yeah. The witnesses are absolutely sure well, that they've seen who they believe they've seen? The police are treating them as credible witnesses, and okay. that's what I can get out of it. Now, if it's as sinister as Melissa dressing up in Carly's clothes to go get an alibi of witnessing her, I mean, that's kind of far-fetched, but I guess it could happen. Uh, well, Because nobody mean, talked to her. They're it, seeing her from, you know, a distance well, off the road. Why would she do that? Well, because the, case, the mom, the real mom, is saying that... She's creating the alibi for her. Well, she, the real mom is kind of accusing Melissa and the biological dad oh, of getting wow, rid of a right. body. Yeah, yeah, they're saying that Carly died at some point in the night, and, like, they went on Dr. Phil, and the mom was just like kind of like accusing everybody at one point she's against the police and the police aren't doing their job um but it's like look you're gonna talk shit about everyone but you took a bath for three hours yeah exactly <laughs> you checked out for a while <laughs> right and who i don't know i mean i'm not a mom so i mean i get that you're gonna be under some total distress but that's your daughter. Why are you going to go take a bath? Well, you think they will be more tapped in. Yeah, it's fun. To the if that was, of yeah. I mean, even my dog escaped. I'm not about to go take yeah, a bath. Yeah. Hell no. Yeah. I'm about to go turn over every stone and do what I can to find them. Yeah, get it back to yeah. what's going on. So, I'm not even going to... It's just been crazy drama with the mom. Social media and trolls just, like, completely turned against Melissa and it got so bad at one point, the sheriff actually had to go make an announcement on their Facebook um, page saying, look, we are following evidence. No evidence points back to Melissa and the biological dad. Uh, you know, get off of this, you armchair trolls, basically. So, 
nothing says Melissa or the dad did anything. And I totally believe that. I don't think they're hiding bodies or anything like that. Um, so, you know, it's a couple years later, more than two years later, and Carly is still gone. Uh, we don't know where she is. There's no trace. She has vanished off the face of the planet. No trace. It's like, In where? Every sense of the word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities of what could have happened. Um, there's just, you know, so much weird things that have happened in this case. I guess the voice recordings, the only people that have heard that are Melissa, the biological mother, the police, and good old Dr. Phil. They've never released those tapes. And what do you think is keeping them from releasing the tapes? Uh, I guess they maybe they think it won't be beneficial to the case. It's not going to add to helping finding her, and they don't want to embarrass her. Um, you know, I, I don't know. What what do you think could add to the case by releasing the tapes? I don't think much could be added to it. I mean, well, what's on the tapes? It's, the tape, it's just basically her freaking out, having that kind of mental episode from whatever she took. And it's just, you know... That's what I'm saying. They wanted to use that as a teaching tool the next day. Okay. So, we don't know. It's all up in the air. But, I I don't know. I just, I, there's so many things that could have happened to her. She's a beautiful, little, cute, maybe five foot six white girl. And she went out that day and no one's ever seen her since. Wow. Right. Okay. Alright, so after everything I've told you about Carly, all the circumstances surrounding her disappearance, what is your final thoughts on it? My final thoughts is, someone observed her walking down the highway. Well, like basically towards the highway, towards yeah. Towards the highway. Yeah, highway 6. And I believe somebody abducted, abducted her. Take, yeah, snatched her up. Absolutely. So do you think the person just happened to randomly see her and took her? Yeah, I believe that was a situation, a uh, crime of opportunity. Okay. Uh, I don't think they probably planned on going out, you know. But I believe that they seen an opportunity to catch somebody leaking, basically. Yeah. And snatch her up. Yeah, they see her, they're like, obviously not, they have bad intentions, and they yeah. just see this cute little white girl... Obviously, something kind of like distress is going on. Exactly. She's in sweats and maybe like a hoodie. Now, wait a minute. Didn't you say that the people or the the two people that seen her noticed that she seemed like she was out of it? Yeah, they said that she, she was like, all the way there. Exactly. Like, she had a piece of paper and she was just kind of looking at the sky. So, if these witnesses were able to determine that, exactly. I bet some person Somebody driving. Somebody else that was on that page. Wow. Absolutely. Talk China about bad it. luck. Absolutely. And I mean, Absolutely. think it, it's got to happen like that because if you look at the statistics of how many people go missing every single year from California, it's crazy. It's in the thousands. And they said it was an epidemic at one point where people were riding around in vans trying to snatch kids up off yeah. of the candy. So that was like a situation that was going on at one point. So. I totally, I remember that. That was like the 80s and the 90s, and that's when the stranger danger started going around. All these people not coming up missing, just falling off the face of the earth. Yeah. Believe me, I believe it's something sinister at the core of all these missing people. I know, and since you, like, are much more well-versed in that aspect of it, I think we should probably dedicate a whole episode just upon 
your theories on that, dive deep into it and go into the rabbit hole of the missing people. Sounds like a great idea for a great topic. See, now, okay, now with your idea of her being snatched, I kind of think that she wandered off the beaten path and died of exposure. But, where are the bones? that one, exactly, that the bones, it would be some kind of trace. It would, you know, if that was just the case, but to find nothing... Yeah, I mean, I know animals, like, will scatter bones, but where's yeah. the clothes? But even those, you know... Like, uh, where's her sweats? Where's exactly. your sweatshirt? Where's anything? Yeah. And it's so vast out there. I mean, it was super easy to get lost, and since she had maybe an hour, two-hour head start, I wonder, just, like, was she really able to wander that far off the beaten path, die of exposure, and basically decompose before anybody could find a trace? It's feasible, but it sounds a, it's a stretch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And your idea of being snatched up, like, at first I was like, no way. What are, what are the odds that some pervert just happens to be driving down Highway 6 as this girl wanders out super, like, out of her right mind? But looking at the missing people statistics, something's happening to these people. Without doubt. So. It's, it's, it's vastly obvious for sure. Well, to wrap up the first episode of Vanished in the Valley, I'd like to thank you guys for listening. And please, if you know anything about Carly's whole situation, contact the Mono County Sheriff's. There's even a $10,000 reward for her right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, so hopefully maybe that'll get someone's uh, peaked and contact somebody. Let us know, guys. Also, you have to take that into consideration when there's money on the line. Usually, yeah. money gets things happening like you know. Money might come you, between you, loyalty. Yeah, you can you can get a lot of stuff resolved once you start throwing money to the situation. So we got money on the line, and yeah. a lot of these cases, yeah, vast sums of money. I've seen up to a hundred thousand dollars in sure. some cases. For sure, and that still, you know, doesn't bring about any resolution. So you have to look at that as well. Yeah, we need to, for surely, as we go on in our episodes, we need to dive into where are all these people going. Where are they going? So, all right, guys, we'll take care, and thank you for listening, and come on, keep Carly in your hearts and minds. We want to find her. Well, let me say thank you, Athena. This was a fun-filled evening. I appreciate you having me on, and I look forward to the next time. Oh, for sure, there will be. All right. (laughs) All right, guys, thanks. Bye. All right, well, I wanted to let everybody know about this really great nonprofit organization. It's called Bad Rap, and they kind of, they started in 1999, and um, they started with rescuing pit bulls, actually. Um, They provide all kinds of services now um, for the owners, as well as shelters and other authorities, like, you know, the police, um, in cases of, like, abuse, situation like that. Um, They might sound familiar, because they're actually the ones that uh, took Michael Vick's dogs, you know, the ones that all got confiscated? Oh, yeah, what that case he had. Yes, so they took all of those pit bulls, and they evaluated them, and kind of just help the authorities place them in homes, the ones that were placeable. Yeah, so, put away. Yeah, I'm sure some did have to be put down. Yeah. So as of now, what they do is they offer free training, vaccinations, microchips, and even on-site spay and neuters for the underserved communities in the East Bay. Oh, wow. Yeah, and if you guys are interested in maybe adopting from them, go check out their website. It's badrap.org. 
or you can email them at contact at badrap.org. Um, and go check them out on the website. You can also place donations there. They have so many great programs that are making it so so many dogs aren't getting euthanized every year. It's, oh, that's great. Yeah, it's, it's in the millions. It's ridiculous how many dogs and even cats that are adoptable that just get put down because there aren't enough homes for them. Yeah. What is it, three days? Yeah, well, that, I think so. Well, like, it's 72 hours before... Uh, they can put them up for adoption or in heavy kill areas. That's how long it takes to put them asleep um, or put them to sleep. So we want to obviously avoid that, and that's why these little uh, organizations are so important to help the pet population and spaying and neutering pets. Of course. So you guys, please check them out, yeah, support them. them. <clears throat> yeah, they're awesome. They provide great services. Let's absolutely, check them out. absolutely. Um, and thank you for listening. Bye.